You're listening to The Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Check us out and our new friends at greenlitpodcast.com. Osu, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 26 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Hannah. This is Patrick. This is Joe. This is Sarah. And Megan. And we're the biggest bunch of dysfunctional, dysfunctional people on this side of the podcasting universe. <laughs> oh man, with quarantine right now, that is definitely not true. <laughs> yes. So, last time, um, Gon and Kiloa developed their net abilities for their 200th floor matches and delivered some Gen Z justice to some millennial a-holes who tried to kidnap their pal Zushi. This time, it's the fight we've all been waiting for. Gon versus Hisoka. You better get ready. Wait, would... Would Gon and Kiloa be Gen Z? They'd be no. like Gen Alpha. We were, we were at. <laughs> I thought anything after 2000 was Gen Z. Well, remember, they were actually probably, they might be older than you guys, actually. <laughs> so they might be the actually, millennials, and then they're technically, <laughs> if we take the debut date of the anime uh-huh. with Gon okay. being 12, of, of the manga, with Gon being 12 in 1998, Gon is older than me. Oh yeah, then he'd be oh, like, dang. he'd be a millennial. He, he gonna be ripped. He, he might be a, what the forgotten generation. <laughs> no, I mean he's, Gen X versus. He, he's he's definitely boomers. a millennial. He's but the thing is the the reason that we have this intro now that we're going back into last episode, we were talking about the idea of them being like just kids, like showing them up and like doing. Were we talking about fucking? Uh, TikToks or something? I think yeah, we got yeah. into TikToks. Because in before, uh, in like late June, early July, there is a bunch of TikToks that got viral because it was the Gen Z user base making fun of millennials, saying like, oh, you millennials, just complain about everything. You just, you can't afford an actual house, but you can afford avocado toast, and you just complain and talk about your Harry Potter houses. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> and it's just, it was just basically kind of like Gen Z using old um, boomer jokes, but with a with, like, the savageness that is unique to Gen Z. It's, like, it hits you where it hurts because they themselves know that life is crap, so they have nothing else to lose. So, like, yeah. I guess we decided to compare this to going breaking the steel leg of a man who lacks, like, actual legs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that seems very The brutality Gen of Gen Z just rubbing the salt in the wounds of all millennials. We're I'm just, just imagining going being like, oh, Guido, your tears, they're so delicious. <laughs> being like, hey, fam, it's lit. <laughs> Check this <laughs> out, bro. <laughs> you don't have any future just like me. Punches the leg. To... <laughs> yeah, We're <it's>... definitely. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I actually had a discussion on VR chat with actually a Zoomer that didn't, that wasn't even born when 9-11 happened. Wasn't even alive and. It was really insightful because he didn't. I mean, he only, he only knows it from the video stuff, but it's like, it's like, yeah. I, was like, I tell him, yeah. I mean, I saw it. My eyes was fucking horrifying and stuff. It's like, well, and let's he's come like, back wow, to nine really eleven somehow. <laughs> yeah, that is the weird 
bizarre trend in our podcast is it always does come back to 9-11 somehow somehow i I didn't mean for the dark i just like just the idea of the of like it's kind of weird to think about that where it's like you know the people that are 18 and stuff like you talk to them and they don't don't remember that they weren't even alive when that happened and it just goes to show now these kids are going to be like you don't know about coronavirus what are you dumb? Oh, man. oh shit! But when they are old enough to be like to an another eighteen year old, like, hey, you weren't alive when coronavirus happened, guys. We we will be boomers essentially. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. god, we will be in that. Well, age we're already being made fun of. We're, get, we're getting the double the double shaft. We're getting shafted by the boomers and the zoomers. There's no escape or safety for millennials. We're like the the clown generation. That's fine. Honestly, speaking I don't of mind Gen Z as much. Oh, speaking of clowns, we have a clown in our anime that we are watching and recording and doing things with. Yep. And today we're covering episode 35, The True Pass, a.k.a. Seikaku na Gokaku, uh, which was originally released in Japan on June 17th, 2012. And the equivalent manga chapters are 60 and 61, which were released in Japan on October 4th, 1999. The equivalent 1999 app is 41, which was released in Japan on September 30th, 2000. Alright, so let's get into the nitty-gritty of this battle to the death. Or semi-death. Or whatever. Anyways, now that Hisoka... Ego death, I don't know. Semi-death. 25% death. (laughs) 75%. Embarrassment. Anyways, now that Hizoka has agreed to fight him, Gon prepares by continuing Nen training with Killua and Zushi. Yum. Uh, Wing, teach- Wing Chan teaches them about Hatsu, technique to control the aura, and the six classes of the Nen abilities, enhancements, strength and reinforce nature natural abilities, and enforces natural abilities, emissions, which is uh, propel aura, transmutation, uh, Sacrifice your little brother and your arms to get it. no mother. Uh, no, uh, transmutation changes quality of aura. Conjuration material materializes objects out of aura. Manipulation, which is cr- control things with your aura, and specialization is whatever else that doesn't fit into its other five categories. So particularly maybe bungee and some gum moo fit into that. Uh, I don't know. no. So um, that's actually a type of uh, transmutation. Ah, uh, weird. Anyways. <laughs> Tells them that it's important they find an inability that suits them since these are extremely personal. Can either be the ability they're born with or one that refines later in life. So example, Gon was born with muscles more springy than most normies and develops super senses over his wild boy childhood. He said, we'll have a hard time learning a new ability that doesn't fit your aura. Better to choose a class closer to your natural ability. Sort of with um the one guy, Castro, with his... uh. Him choosing the two the two different abilities and not focusing on that. He chose like a bunch of abilities that were further away from each other, which caused a lot of issues with his abilities and focus, which caused them utter caused them pretty pretty much to die. Yeah, the cost actual life. chart they use, like that um, hexagon, octagon, septahexagon. Mm-hmm. It's a hexagon. The hexagon, yeah, the hexagon they use um, really actually matters, like the positioning of which um, ability type matters in relation if you're like a visual person so anything far away from the spot you are is like not something you should be focusing on theoretically um that's how i look at it i don't know yeah i'd I'd say that's a pretty good analysis of it we can talk more because i feel specialization kind of fucks up a lot of how this works but we'll talk more about that later 
Yeah, there's a fucking... There's so much about this Nen stuff that's still over my head. It's like... It's like I'm going to have to study this for like years to be able to master this. Yeah. Is there any... I think for what we wanted to focus on for a more research-related topic is like relate to what we've seen in Yu Hakusho, specifically the Dark Tournament. Again, do you want to kind of elaborate what you see as like either having similarities or parallels to Yu Hakusho? Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest parallels is just like the timing between the Dark Tournament specifically and this Heaven Arena arc. Um, is like the timing of when Gon and Yusuke learn their like special ability or like the beginnings of their special ability because uh, Yusuke learns it through Genkai like middle dark tournament. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure like middle of the dark tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he like has an exponential growth after that. And that's the same thing with Gon. Um, he and Killua and all of them, they all learn it in the middle of this tournament as well. So I think that's like one parallel I drew from it. Um, do you guys agree? Like, how does that sound? You know? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because, like, I feel like Yusuke already kind of, like, had the background while, like, Gon and Killua come into this and have to even learn the background. But I think the thing that's different is in the Dark Tournament, it's very much, like, applied practice. Like, for instance, I think Yusuke even says that he never fully completed the the spirit wave until his fight with Jin. He's like, yeah, I fucked this up in practice a lot. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> So, kind of, kind of so, different, uh, but um, I I do think that there's a parallel to be drawn there with like this is kind of like the first like applied test each of them has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Wing was also a much <laughs> gentle teacher <laughs> compared to Genkai. Oh yeah. oh yeah, we get a Genkai parallel later. Yep. Um, not to spoil anything, but there is one later. Um, mm. And Wing is definitely a very, very different teacher than Genkai or her parallel or um, doppelganger is not the right word, but she's kind of a doppelganger. Kind of a doppelganger, actually. Megan, I'm, do you mean the Genkai parallel or do you mean the dressed fighter? Who is the dressed the, fighter? Who is, who is it? <laughs> I, we don't know yet. We don't. <laughs> But yeah, speaking of Wing, uh, he uses actually Hizoka, Gido, and Castro as examples of Nin abilities and compatibility. With Hizoka being a transmuter, turns Aura into Hubba Bubba Bubblegum. <laughs> Gido, Enhancer, uses Aura to spin his tops super fast, but his attacks aren't as effective since controlling many tops requires manipulator skills, which are incompatible with enhancement. And then Castro is an Enhancer, like we were talking before with the Tiger Bite Fist, is an effective enhancement, but creates doppelgangers is a conjurer plus manipulator ability, which is incompatible with enhancement. So I guess to break that down in English, he just has a bunch of different abilities that he tried to put together to Frankenstein to make it become an ultimate fighter. But because of the incompatibilities and the steps he missed, he kind of became pretty sloppy, I mean, in terms of Hizoka's ability and ended up being the killed. Yeah, I think they're not only too many things, but they're also things that are very distant from each other on the chart. Yeah, it, it, he just tried to try to tape together his abilities with duct tape and kind of fell apart. Yeah, and and practice. So it's not so much like incompatible as in like they'll cancel each other out in terms of effectiveness. It's just that it's not effective as they if if they use some ability that was closer to where it was in the hexagon what their natural ability is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They they talk about this more later in the manga, but basically they show that the percentage of like the ease with which you can learn them decreases pretty drastically as you go down the chart. So like you have 100% on your own specialty and then like 80 on the two next closest, I think. I think it's 80 and then yeah, 60 further right. and it drops more and more as you go around. There's actually like a 0% chance at like the very, the polar opposite, I think. I think the 0% chance is only if you're an enhancer trying to learn specialization. Because that's like a weird category that drops things to Mm, zero. That like kind of, specialization leads to a lot of issues with the way this power system works. Yeah. It's relative, I don't want to say it's super consistent, um, but definitely in the next two arcs it is. Yeah. Um, But it is something to keep in mind when they're trying to do things. And it's worth noting that Castro was actually a very very strong fighter and a very powerful dude. It's just it was noted that he picked the wrong right? I think I think that's kind yeah. of what the the vibe is is that he picked the wrong disciplines to focus on. Yeah, and that's like where big he dumb failed. and got killed. Yeah, we'll talk more about this when we get to the actual Nen chart which we'll discuss later, but like it's when I first read it it was weird that conjuration and manipulation are pretty far from each other, but we'll explain more why that might be later. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, continue on. Wing Show's gone. Killua and Zushi had a water, how to water divination in order for them to see what their natural ability is. Uh, when Gon first show, goes up, he puts his hand over the water and he enhances it so the water overflowed slightly. Uh, Zushi uh, actually moved the leaves and showed that he was a manipulator type. And then Killua, proving that he doesn't need to add sweetener to his uh, water anymore or any any artificial flavoring. He's a transmuter, so he made the water taste very sweet. He's a sweet boy. Sweet boy, yeah. He transferred his sweetness to the water. Honestly, useful. (laughs) I wish I had that. I was I was a transmuter, so I could drink a shit ton of water and not and be satisfied. And uh, we're on two different wavelengths. The taste of water. I, I wonder. Like I wonder when he transmutes it if it's a uh, if it actually adds like that adds the calories and sort of the sugary particles to it because it didn't make it, it taste sweeter. I, I well, feel. I feel it. Calories. Never mind. I feel it would because okay. My my theory is that like you actually are changing the chemical composition because like sugar is just carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. So you have hydrogen and oxygen there already, and then carbon you can probably add it from stuff in the air to CO two around. So probably he's synthesizing sugar by virtue of just using Nen. He's doing oh. photosynthesis. That he? Do you guys watch so much School Bus? Yes. Yes. Well, no, not it's recently, like that episode but... where they create like crystal sugars inside the water <laughs> when they were washing that car. Oh yeah, you guys remember that episode? <laughs> no. I, 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 I don't. Favorite. My favorite Magic School Bus was when Arnold takes off his helmet in space and becomes an ice cube man. I was literally about to say that. That time that Arnold Wait, killed himself. And he didn't die or he did? Or they That's just like 2010 in episode. For a second and he was fine after that. You know, Miss Frizzle is honestly like murderous a little bit. Like she's fine. I really... But like. Hey kids, today we're going to explore the COVID 2020 virus. She's uh the Rick of our times. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Really though, kind it's of. It's me, sort of... Frizzle Rick. <laughs> hey, I turned myself bus. into a school bus. God, That's yeah. not how that show went, anyways. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. But anyways, uh back to the back to the plot. The boys train for the next four weeks, maintaining focus on water divination and making a more pronounced change to the water. June twentieth. 
Hizuka and his butt call gone to see their date. Bubble butt, to set please. Date for the fight. Bubble butt. July tenth. Is when they're a throwdown and smackdown and. Anyways, uh, the results. Killua makes the water sweet as honey and passes. Zushi moves the leaf a little bit more, but doesn't pass. And then Gon makes the water overflow so much that it cracks the glass and spills all over the table and passes. Uh, Zushi, disappointed, goes into his room, and you can hear a faint popping sound when he disappears off screen. I don't know what that was about, but... No, he's he's making a joke about him killing himself or something. I don't know. Oof. <laughs> all right. He's a small Thanks. child. He's a little boy. He's a, he's yeah. a baby. He's a baby. baby. A barber. Anyway. Wing tells Gonfrix that he has passed the other hunter exam. He tells Killua to retake the hunter exam since he's more ready now and to not be a baby about his life. Also, Netero is the master of Shingen Ryu. I'm pretty sure that's a that's either a King of Fighter or a, a Street Fighter reference. I just don't know which. It's like his uh, own school of men. That's yeah. uh, we, oh. We've talked about it in a previous episode. It means that which comes from the heart style. Oh. Gotcha. So he didn't master the Satsuna horror then? No, no, and Damn Megan, it. Megan, can, can could probably talk about how Netero really cares about the idea of that which comes from the heart. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, from does the he? heart. I I think he does. Oh, that oh, oh, oh! <laughs> there's two ways you can take that. There's two, like, the, do you remember that time he makes the fucking heart sign with his hands? And then there's the other time that we will not talk about. I think I I think I know. So is he a sailor sailor senshi then? Man, that would be a good crossover. Hey, uh, can we get a drawing of um, Netero as a sailor senshi with his sure. like, little, his little heart on <laughs> the skirt? Down. So continue, Patrick. Gon asks Wing if any of his other friends passed. Uh, he confirms that Kropika and Hanzo did pass. Pokul is struggling with Ren. And Lirio is studying for the MCATs, so Lirio is pretty much useless. Anyways, uh, Wing tells Gon not to push himself too hard in his fight with Hizoka, but will he listen, though? And the Wait. answer will not surprise you. So, no. I think I think Leorio will pass the MCATs, but will he pass the hidden MCATs? Oh, the hidden MCATs. Oh, it's, no. like you, it's like you're working on the surgery, like do a 20-hour hour heart surgery. It's like, congrats, you've passed the other secret heart <laughs> MCAT. Yeah, the secret MCATs. You're a real doctor now. God, can you imagine being a med student actually having to be tested twice like that? I mean, I guess your residency is essentially like the applied yeah. exam. Yeah. But that would but, suck. That would suck. But actually, do we, can we confirm or deny that doctors actually have the ability to use NEN? I mean, when they the put people under, would. they're knocked out, so we oh. can't confirm Okay, callback. Callback. Fucking, like, in Yu Hakusho, remember that, like, Dr. Kamiya, like, the doctor oh. from the Sense We Arc, he literally said that he has Nen. <laughs> really? Really? Wow. Yeah, like, we remember. went, like, at the time, I called it out, and we were both like, what the, like, me and Megan were both like, what? Yeah. Like, he said that he described his ability as Nen. He did. Mm. Awesome. Oh, so the Nen did exist in Yu Hakusho. The secret hunter, the secret MCAT, I forgot. Here's the thing, though, with Leorio and learning Nen. I don't know, because I haven't read the manga. This is the only time, essentially, we know that Leorio is learning Nen, but we don't know how and if or who. Because, like, 
Oh, he's not even learning then right now. He's studying for the MCAT. Yeah. So I try to Google it. I try to say... Okay, they never tell you how he learns it. They don't. Maybe it's um, like his his meds exam prep classes include some Nen training. He's paying $1,000. He's just holding Like, do you want to yeah. learn the MCAT and Nen? Like, <laughs> up in there? He's um, holding an IV bag and suddenly, like, something happens to the water. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's oh, it's not just water now. It's IV fluid. Great, moving on. Um, it's sweet. It's like, well, you gave that to a diabetic patient. He's dead now. <laughs> He's dead. Just Listen, him. mistakes have been made. This is just training, you know, nin training. Yeah. I actually don't remember his nin type, so I'm not going to guess what type of weird situation would happen. Remember. It's um, disappointment type. So I googled online. I tried finding it, and there was only fan theories. And one the theory I saw online was, um, and it wasn't weird. It wasn't like. <laughs> creepy or anything it was basically that maybe leorio was studying for his thing mcat and had access to special text because he is a hunter now somehow um and learned he taught himself nen and that was like the that was one theory i came across and then i gave up after that so i'm just gonna pretend that's canon i like the idea it. that he just found some cool book about magical powers like oh sweet i can learn this yeah and just learned it and it's like you passed the exams like what are you talking about to, yeah. Okay, to be fair, the first part of that is, like, half the plots for a lot of old kung fu movies. Fair, yeah. <laughs> what was that one movie where that, that guy faked his his uh, martial arts ability? I forgot what the name of that movie was. Are you thinking like... of The Prodigal Son? The no, no, fucking... it was, like, this real-life guy. They based his life off of it. Oh, uh, Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodsport. That'd be pretty and cool. And it, was, uh, it was... wasn't Steven Seagal. It was um, Don Claude Van Damme. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, oh, I guess it's too mixed up. Didn't John Clan Van Damme's son go to ASU or like some distant relative and like essentially beat up a random roommate of his? You know, that sounds like a real thing, but I have no idea if it's true. Well, someone no, look that, it up for no us. Wonder John why, no wonder why we got into that fight. That ASU. guy like did the splits and hit me in the nuts. That was weird. Well, uh, you probably shouldn't have fucking thrown salt at his eyes. That was a fucked up move, man. Yeah, I mean, well, I had to defend him somehow, but. Yeah. Damn. Anyways, uh, July 10th, Hizoka versus Gone, and that actually happened recently, that was weird. Yeah, we all watched this, it was weird. Yeah, I watched it on July 10th, weird stuff. Anyways, (laughs) uh, stadium is packed since it's the match we've all been waiting for, and nobody's social distancing and nobody's wearing masks. What the hell? But uh, serving some WWE realness with super extra entrances for Gone and Hizoka... With them coming in through the floor underneath the smoke. I don't know why they did that. That was kind of weird, but whatever. You know, they gotta, I guess they gotta sell some tickets somehow. MMA was doing that at the time too. Like they had the pyrotechnics and then like a bunch of like screens like in the room. Like if you look at Pride, uh, the Pride that took place in either 2000 or 2001 where Sakuraba fought Hoist Gracie, like they did some shit like that too. Interesting. Weird. They should probably not do that again. They kind of do. I mean, they, they, they get to come out to their own fight song, right? Well, I don't know, right now, but, like, in the past five years. Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, but, yeah. Gon looks determined and doesn't have his fishing rod while Hizoka is a creep. A very big creepy, creepy, creepy man. Uh, Gon attacks first, but Hizoka keeps dodged, dodging and blocks his attacks without moving from his spot. Gon becomes even more determined and gets some tricks up his sleeve. There's a bunch of does a bunch of faint attacks and then grabs him and throws a stone tile at Hizoka. God damn. So, oh, so a little backtrack. Um, more some more perio, peri, perios, 
parallels yep. to uh, the Dark Tournament with Yu Yu Hakusho. So for Hisoka, I know Hisoka and Tagoro are very, very different. Um, but they have a couple similarities that is worth noting. Other, like, they're not similar in the sense that, like, Tagoro's not, like, sexually creepy. Um, he, he kind of scary looking, but like, he's, he's super not. asexual. He's yeah, ace. he's, yeah, he is. Well, I mean, him and Genkai had a thing, but like, yeah, his but that was the last state, thing. Yeah, because he's literally a demon. Yeah, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's asexual. I think he just, just he just changed his focus from woman to being an all out buff man. Yeah, yeah. no, okay, but that he's is balso. something they do have in common is that their power is like, Power and fighting and that kind of vibe is essentially the most important thing for both characters. Um, it's literally their defining trait in both senses. Um, although, well, I mean, Hisoka's is a little, a little more on the sexual side, but still. Um, they both have auras that are strong enough to injure or maim others. Um, we saw that in the dark tournament where it's the same color too. It's like that purpley pink. Mm-hmm. Um, what Tagoro's like powering up and like it, it shoots out more like daggers, whereas, um, for Hisoka, it's like a, a, a destructive fog. Um, but, um, Tagoro's aura cuts Yusuke on the cheek at one point. Um, let's see. Uh, they both groom the main character in green. Um, sparing their lives to make them stronger just to attempt to defeat them in their prime. Um, they both restrain their power in specific ways throughout the series. Um, they're kind of presented as pure evil at first, but like a neutral side is shown occasionally. Um, and then this one's kind of a stretch, um, but like a, they both have a sidekick who is somehow creepier than they are. Um, Elder Taguro and, um, Alumi. I say Illumi's creepier just because um the the thing he has with Killua and it breaks my heart. Um because Killua's such a good boy even though he's a murderer, it's fine. <laughs> um, he's a stabby stabby boy. He's a stabby stabby with his hand. Um but otherwise, like what do you guys think about those parallels? Do you have any more to add? Um I'd, any- I'd also point out that in both series they kind of go out of the way to show the previous victims of like the organization or the structure like for instance on team Tagoro, it's two of the members are people that they've previously beaten the crap out of and like now they have like the mental scars of like wanting revenge on the Tagoro brothers but them just being baited and repeatedly trying to get stronger but like never fully getting there and then here you don't know whether hisoka did this but like you have real Velt, guido and sadaso as evidence of people who were like physically fucked up by like the things that happened during the tournament well not during the tournament but in the fight organization and so there's this idea of like the maimed bodies along the way to like the glory of like the fight right yeah I think um, the parallel with the grooming the adolescent character in Green, which is very <laughs> interesting because they both, now thinking about it, both Yusuke and go and wear green. Um, I think it's really interesting. I get it. Like, being both being, like, shown in series, they usually the protagonist tends to be young, and, like, the villains for that tend to, like, try to exploit or, like, kind of get the character to become more powerful to fight them and whatever. But it is really interesting, like, the predicaments that 
Hisoka and Toguro put both Yusuke and Gun through in order to, like, get them to become stronger and whatnot, you know? Um, it's not simply, like, I'm going to destroy the world, like, it's not like a DBZ situation where it's, like, a, like you know, just destroying the world, like, willy-nilly. It's, like, in a tournament setting, and somehow the stakes feel even higher, so, yeah. yeah. The stakes feel more fully realized, I feel like, than with Dragon Ball Z. As much as I love Dragon Ball Z, the stakes are just so over the top every single time. That, it's been like, universe ending for like 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. But like, you don't care anymore because you're like, oh, they're going to bring him back. Whereas like, in both Yu Yu Hakusho at that point and in Hunter x Hunter, like, you feel like there's some stakes here. Like, you feel like people mm-hmm. could actually die and not come back and, you know, yeah. and like, it's possible that they could be defeated or maimed entirely mm-hmm. because it's kind of happened already. Because um, yeah. time actually passes um, in the show, it seems like, to an extent. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, I know, uh, time technically passes. We just get jump cuts to, like, 10 yeah. years later every time. Yeah. But, like, you don't really know. Because you have a time chamber. You have a metabolic time chamber where you can train. Hyperbolic. <laughs> Hyperbolic time chamber. Yes. Um, Um, But, like, essentially, time doesn't pass there. They can train infinitely while in their, you you know. Yusuke had, like, what, a month, two months? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. And then... Depending on the dub. (laughs) Gon, yeah, Gon had a similar time to, like, about two months before the fight with Hisoka. So, yeah. Because he had to heal. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. I'm thinking this is not related to um, the any Yohaka show series, but with um, for example with Avatar: The Last Airbender, the timeline for everything is within like a six month period, and oh, like God. you're just like watching all wow. these like adolescent characters become master benders within two to three months. And Jesus, like, I never really? thought about that. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised so, how Zuko got, that was like six months between Zuko being ultimate soldier man to friendly boy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I don't Hi, know. Zuko here. <laughs> that's why, that's why a kid, you know, what they say, like, you gotta teach them when they're young, cause they, they <laughs> it's true, like, you speak they a language so and you adapt faster when you're young. I'm sure it's the same thing with fighting. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> it, if you, like, go back even to something as old as original Gundam, like, the main conflict of the first show takes place during something called the One Year War. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not even a year long and, like, all this crazy shit happens. Like, they discover, like, the next evolution of humanity and, like, there's new, <laughs> like, AI robots invented. It's like, this happened in one year. Oh is that God. before or after he ripped up the invitation to that girl's uh, birthday party? That's Gundam Wing, which is kind of an alternate <laughs> universe. No, Gundam Wing takes place over the course of like half a year now that I think about it, and it has more shit happening. Oh my yeah. God. It's like there's the thought process. Behind that. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, there's probably some context behind that letter ripping, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I could I could tell you more about it later. but gotcha. <laughs> We'll do that with Gundam cast. Uh, re- real quick, um, one thing about Hisoka and Toguro that's like interesting and different is... Hisoka wants to train someone to be strong and then kill them, while Toguro wants to train someone to be strong to then kill him. Right, right, that is the main difference. Yeah, for instance, Toguro's ultimate plan if he had beaten Yusuke was to open a tunnel to Demon World and just get murdered. Um, meanwhile, like, Hisoka, like, wants to build the strongest fighters in the world and kill them himself. He wants to kill what he creates. 
like which is an interesting thing that's talked more about in the manga and 99 it's like a painter that paints up a picture then just breaks it afterwards it's like bingo (laughs) um yeah it they are very different at first glance but like there are some things about their arcs that are like oh oh you know um that's also the noise hisoka makes huh that's oh. also the noise he's so okay. oh. oh. Oh, I go watching that. I was like, uh, what we need visuals here, guys. Um, one last thing that um, I noticed with this fight, and I, well, really, Joe noticed, but um, is that so when Gon hits up the, 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 I'm using hand motions and no one can see me. Um, uh, stage. He like flips the tile of the stage, right, to hide yeah. and like use his zets or hatsu, hatsu to hide and attack. Um, zets. He's zets. Sorry, um, to hide and attack Hisoka. Um, essentially, you Yusuke did that too. Um, I mean the the floor was completely destroyed by Taguro, but he essentially did the same thing where he hid behind rocks, stayed quiet until his like opening to attack. Um, and that's one real main parallel that's probably the most obvious one is, like, that exact tactic was used. I know Gon used it in a previous fight, so we built up to that moment. Um, but did Yusuke use it in a previous fight? He's lucked out before. Um, Let's be he's real. used stuff before where he uses a... I know, like, he's in... I think he had, like, a fight with the punks where he used his... When he first came back to life, didn't he use his jacket to, like, distract... Someone that sounds like a thing, him? but I think there were also tiles used by other fighters that he would have watched the fights of. Like, for yeah. instance, when Bui fought Hiei, he used yeah. his axe to rip up a bunch of tiles and throw them at Hiei. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I love about fights like this, just the use of the physical environment to mm-hmm. your advantage. I don't know why that doesn't happen more often in things where... Why not just throw heavy things if you have the strength to do it? What's the People point of carrying enough. around? What's the point of carrying a weapon when you can just throw someone <laughs> at another person? You are <laughs> like, the weapon. Just yeah. be fast enough to like go to the enemy's side, just take a random goonie, and then go back to your side and then throw them at the enemy. <laughs> oh, well, like, you'll love later Hunter Hunter. You oh, that, you really oh love? I gonna love that. <laughs> Um, um, one thing I just remembered is the first person to bring up a tile in all of you Hakusho is Kuwabara when he's fighting Rinku, uses his spirit mm-hmm. sword to rip one of the tiles up to try to block the demon yo-yos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of yo-yos. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, too. yo-yos come back later. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet, though. Um, walking the dog. Walking, yeah. You're going to walk the dog. Um... But yeah, that's essentially all the parallels I saw. Are there anything else you guys saw that like I didn't even mention or touch on? Was it was that was that the swing thing in this episode, or was that the next one? Um, the part where his crotch is uh, yeah, the like light, glowing light crotch. Uh, that might be the next one because this episode ends with Gon getting the good hit on Hisoka. So maybe oh, the beginning starts, of the next episode is him yeah. being like, "Oh, I gotcha." God, because uh, so I guess segueing to the manga notes, that's actually is in the chapter, uh, this chapter that is equivalent to this episode. So, go for uh, it, man. Uh, the um, there's a couple more things. Like I don't know. There's this one frame. It's like a, uh, it's like this guy walking down. The, I don't know who that is. Like walking down the 
past, like you give it a try. It's like Winter Ghost first rock paper scissors. I don't know what I the think that's from season that. three and not supposed to be there. Like Megan, that looks like season three. Oh, hold on. I could see that it, being. Season it looks like a medieval town. Feels like season. That was that was actually in the chapter. I don't know if that was a an error with the. I think it's an error. Yeah. No, yeah, that looks like I think I know where you're talking about. Is that when they're playing hide and go seek? If I, that makes sense, Joe. Yeah, I think so. Without spoiling yes. it, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. They they mention Shingen. Uh, they mention uh, Netero again. Have his like little face in the background, and you see him like sweating. And I think that was pretty cute. <laughs> um, let's see what else they got. Uh, yep, has the 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 anime faces in the sky. That's either symbolizes somebody else or just death. And it's saying that Hanzo and Kurapika have learned their new abilities. And I wonder if really... Hanzo just learned it from another ninja who also knows Nen. Yeah, that's what it seemed to animate. But in the manga, did they ever go into detail like they did in the anime? No. Okay. Um, they showed their faces and be like, yep, they learned this. Much further, they do talk about Hanzo again, but like they don't tell you how he got the powers. Yeah, and then below that, they have this hyper-realistic image of uh, Hizoka, which I really like. It... it Kind of gives me Metal Gear Solid vibes, Joe. I don't know if that's I can see me. that. He d- he actually kind of looks like um, the boss, the first one. Yeah, kind. I really like it. I'll post it online on the Facebook group. It's really Hell good yeah. looking. With Hisoka's like art, Togashi seems to really enjoy drawing Hisoka, and I say that because like anytime you see Hisoka on a page, he's so much more detailed than any of the other characters. <laughs> I, and I wonder I if recently... it's because he has to, oh, sorry. or... Sorry, Joe. No, no, you, you go first. I, I just have an interesting uh, comment on what you said. Oh, no, that was, that was basically it. I was just curious if, like, you think that's a a thing, or more just, like, a coincidence. I think it's a thing, because I've been listening to another podcast, uh, I'll just credit them real quick, called The Nen Show. Um, they don't do exclusively Hunter Hunter. They do a bunch of other... They, they actually are kind of doing what we're planning on doing, where they're going through different shows and talking about the history of Shonen. But um, when they were covering uh, Yu Hakusho, because I listened to the, the entirety of the Yu Hakusho coverage, they mentioned that like sometimes he just intricately draws Toguro in a way that was not possible to do in the anime. Like he basically, they basically point out that his shots of both Toguro and Sensui are like ultra grotesque and super detailed. And so I went back and actually looked at some of that stuff, and it looks cool as hell. I have a feeling, that, like Hannah, Sarah, you guys actually read the manga, so you yeah. you can kind of pick mm-hmm. up on that. Especially in the later half of their respective arcs, like the Dark Tournament and the Chapter Black, they are incredibly detailed. And I wonder if it's just to convey more power, like to put more of an impact um, on the readers versus like the main characters, like you need to have consistency, they show up more often earlier and later throughout the arc but for the villains themselves like yeah it it, um, it comes off as if you draw yeah. them in full detail okay yeah i think it's like because um yeah kind of, it's mostly the villains that had like or like darker characters like let's say even like the three kings like makuro who had higher detail um and i think a little bit it's like to show more maturity because, like, you know, a lot of these characters are older, not just in the sense of, like, they're 100, 400 years old because they're demons, but they looked more mature. And I think it's to show more of, like, that um, kind of, like, the, se- the seriousness of the characters in a sense. Um, yeah, so 
it it was kind of sometimes it felt like whiplash because like you would see for example like sensui drawn in full detail like almost realistic like it looked like um a portrait versus then it pan to yusuke and he's like this little anime boy so <laughs> so, that's interesting. so yeah it's really has this habit essentially of not habit but that's just the way he defines Power yeah, and yeah, adulthood. Like they're drawn insane in styles. Everyone is everyone is shown in style. <laughs> yeah, shown in style. Yeah, no, I I really the shots I saw of since we make him look like terrifying because like while he he's like implied terrifying in the anime, just like the idea of like oh it's this person who seems like they're drawn sort of in the style of a good guy, but like with a dark edge. While in the like manga, it's just like you can tell this person was a good guy and is just all dark now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but uh, Hisoka looks really, really Asian in this photo. Yeah, I kind of like it, and it kind of makes me wonder why they didn't go with that sort of style in the anime. You know, I kind of um, like that angle from from Hisoka. I, mean, I think it's just kind of anime styling makes mm-hmm. people seem less of any particular race, and then if you draw them, the more close to realistic you get, the more they actually look like the background they're supposed to be. Yeah, I. Yeah tend to view I mean it depends I don't know if it's it's a projection of like what like I see on a daily basis but I think I say more with Joe where it doesn't have a a race necessarily um in in like the animated form he definitely looks more Asian I agree um Pat but like I I still don't think he doesn't look Asian yeah, I, anime, I think right? anime characters, I always assume they're Asian unless yeah. they have indicators to being other ethnicities, such as setting or names. Yeah. But, um, like, his name is very clearly Japanese, but then his last name is English. Oh, wait, what's Ahsoka's last name? Does Maro. Mm. Like, like, tomorrow, but without the T-O. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. I didn't know he had a last name. I'll, I'll I wouldn't be, be surprised honest. if he was a halfie, honestly, or he just made yeah. up his last name because that's some shit he'd do. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. His um, clown name, his clown persona. I was just gonna say that, like, the half thing. I find that anime has this weird habit of, like, anytime they're a character that knows Japanese, even if it's life is life, or like they look completely Anglo-Saxon, they're gonna be half Japanese. <laughs> oh, uh, like Ken Masters from Street Fighter, who's technically three quarters Japanese or half, depending on which canon you're using. Mm-hmm. Or even All Might, who's. I think he's supposed to be half Japanese, or like he's supposed to be American, but he has like an, a Japanese name, so like it's yeah. very confusing. Like he, he might be part Japanese, but he's all American. Yeah, well, I mean, you could be Japanese American. Like obviously, we're you know half of us are, or most of us are Filipino American, but yeah, it's yeah. It's presented like, in know, a way that he bleeds. It's not. He bleeds America and all that stuff. Yeah, like he's the, presented in, his, like, in the way he presents himself. Sorry, American. I wonder if he has a barbecue. Anyways, <laughs> um, uh, ten gallon hat. Yeah, the other image that uh, they have is this uh, really cute image of uh, all four boys in nice, clean suits, looking like they're going to either a funeral or a wedding. But this, it kind of—I don't know where they're going because it's kind of, you know, hopefully it's a it wedding like and the... not somebody's funeral. Unless it... I mean, they look happy. It could be Hisoka's funeral. <laughs> it looks like the end credits that they use later in the show. Fair enough. And then uh, they showed the sh- the 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 sh- the uh, swing. They call it. Shazoom and the manga version. I don't know what that's about. I'm wondering if that's really... just how Viz romanized it. It's probably like some other noise that's like commonly used. I do like the effect though, like the the the, the shining and all the, the the lines coming over his body. 
I kind of like that cross hatching. You know, it's kind of cool. It looks like um, what is that called when you have the um, pre-made backgrounds um, in like action form for manga? Hmm. Um, I know what a, you're talking about, but I don't know the name. Yeah, it's, it's like if you see, yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. but like old fashioned, you'd buy these like sheets of and then cut them out and cut oh, them out and then shoot, paste I them. Oh, my oh you know, like the Flintstones where they're walking in the background. It's um, to, it's manga. Oh, tone it's toner. Sheets. Is that tone? It? Tone oh, okay. Yeah, tone sheets. Okay, you're right. You're right. And they, I because they would like buy them and then mm-hmm. they would like basically place it over let's say a character and then you would uh, use a um what's it exacto knife to cut away the part yes. where over the character so that's mm-hmm. how they do like the, the like you know like the dots that go from yeah. full to gradient or like the action mm-hmm. lines like mm-hmm. <laughs> like moving my hands outward like yeah <laughs> so those are tone sheets okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was just that's it is gotcha. cool. It's very, very cool. But I think that's what that is. Just in case anyone is mm-hmm. kind of trying to visualize it in their head. That's cool. So uh in terms of the, the manga differences, uh when Hizoka is calling Gon, he's not naked, but he's wearing like mummy badges. I'm guessing it's just him recovering from his injuries from the last fight and the destruction that went over his body. That makes a lot of sense because when I saw it, I'm like, is he just dressed as a mummy? What is going on? <laughs> he just got he's back cosplay. from a, a bitchin' Halloween party. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the Nin diagram is shown in a single chart form, so it's a little bit uh, a little bit easier to digest and understand. Yeah, like each corner is represented mm-hmm. with a single kanji rather than multiple kanji. Yeah. Oh. It helps out a lot, especially when this confusing, this confusing like, explanation of the abilities. Yeah, uh, we'll talk no cry- about it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, there's no crying Zushi during the during relevance of how each rare, each, how rare each of their talents are. And then the the swing, like we said earlier, is shown earlier in the manga than the anime. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on to the 99 differences. Do you want to get into that, Joe? So some of this I talked about previously where there was like some reordering, but uh, the matches with the three hadn't happened yet, and Gon is trying to properly do Gyo, and Hisoka sees him from the penthouse and notices the whole part glowing with his aura, so that's why he just, he explicitly says, oh, you know how I gave you that thing where you had to beat someone on the 200th floor before I'd fight you? Fuck that, it doesn't matter. So they explicitly hand wave the condition that it's, that exists in the manga and the 2011 version. So he's just like, I saw you make the, the forest blow, so we're gonna fight now. Um, so Kilo hits Gon on the butt before the Hisoka match while leaving the hotel. <laughs> it feels kind of queer baiting. Just like a friendly it's not... butt slap friendship. Okay. I'm gonna tell you right now though, like Japanese boys, from what I've seen in oh, you're 2011, right. 2014 ish, um, they have a weird obsession with like touching each other's buttholes. Yeah, um, Kancho like, or whatever. Yeah, there's like words for it. Um, uh, if you see Naruto, right? They did that um, whole um, thousand years of pain, and like I think Naruto hit him in the butt, in the butt booty hole. Um, that's like a thing people do. Um, so, I know we talked about that before. Oh, Joe, sorry, more context. I think you're right here, but the thing is, it's interesting because later the show gets kind of BL-ish. Oh, I mean, think about it. I, oh, I'm yeah. earnestly of the opinion that Kiloa is kind of coming to terms with something while Gon mm-hmm. is oblivious about everything. Right, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. I mean. But I think at this point in the series, I think you're right, it's probably just like, 
standard Japanese boys, like, let's just hit each other's ass. Ha ha ha. It reminds me of the, like um, pad. It reminds yeah. you that, the, the, the Buenos, you say the Buenos Dias Mandy meme? No. Oh, fuck? basically it's, it's like, it's like, Oh wait, um, I have seen this. It's, it's like Grim uh, Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Yeah. Billy and Mandy. Basically it's a, it's Billy's like Buenos Dias Mandy and he slaps Mandy's butt and then she, she pushed him in front of a car and a car runs over his hands. And there's just so many memes <laughs> of it. It was, a, it was a Spanish language meme, which I saw a lot in the Spanish language meme sphere. And then yeah. it was, I was surprised to hear it from Patrick. <laughs> there, there's this one with the, with Jojo that was always pretty funny where it's like, it's like Caesar slapping a Wamu. And then like, it's like she, inside of the car, it has the cross cr- crush him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Buenos dias, Wamu. Um, so one thing about this fight that's very different is, so I think the action of this fight is still pretty good, but the sound effects are some of the worst things I've ever heard. Like people criticize 99 for a lot of things and there's a lot of things to criticize. I think it does some cool stuff like with visuals, but the sound effects are some of the worst I've ever heard in any anime. Like I can't do good impressions to give you an idea, but like straight up, it's just like, wow, you got these from like a fucking sixties cartoon. Congrats. Um, (laughs) And so here, Gon's critical hit on Hisoka is way less impactful, and Hisoka wasn't breaking the tiles mid-flight, he just let them fly around him as Gon, like, got behind him somehow. So the moment isn't nearly as hype with the music change as in the 2011 version, so it's just kind of like... When this fight came out, it was, like, a big fucking deal, according to some people I've talked with who, like, watched Hunter Hunter at the time, like, Spanish language, and, like, people who watched in the Philippines as well, but, like, it's hard to imagine just because, like, the 2011 version is so much better. So, that's what I got for it, basically. Gotcha. Anyways, now a word from our compatriots and benefactors. How does Bloodborne stack up against, say, Oregon Trail? And is Bomberman just Loadrunner from a different point of view? Find out on Hardcore Gaming 101's Top Games, where we objectively, definitively, and scientifically rank the games you nominate for our ever-growing list. HG 101's Top Games, twice a week, every week, right here on Greenlit. Fans of video games, history, or video game history will definitely want to listen to Retronauts. Each week, Bob Mackey and myself, that's Jeremy Parrish, dive into the stories behind the greatest games of the past and the history behind the hits of today. Check us out every Monday on the Greenlit Podcast Network. And welcome back. I um, hope our uh, compatriots and benefactors treat you well for the last five minutes, ten minutes. I don't know how long you guys have been gone. It's okay. Um, so we're now covering episode 36, A Big Debt and A Small Kick. Um, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Okina karito. Words, words, words. Uh, seisana, seisana, keri. Seisana, chisa, oh, chisaina keri. Chisa, small, na, the modifier, whatever, and then carry keri. Sorry, Damn, guys. she's doing, like, live etymology. Sick. Yeah, welcome, welcome to Language with Megan. <laughs> um, it was originally released in Japan on June 24th, 2012. The equivalent manga, manga, oh my god, manga chapters it's are 62. It's mango, yeah. The equivalent mango chapters are 62 and 63, which are like released in Japan on October 18th, 1999. Uh, the equivalent 1999 eps are 41, 42, and 43, which are released on Japan 
on September 30th, 2000. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this episode starts with the referee giving Gon a critical hit for his punch to Hisoka's face. Now the score is 2-1. Um, I actually do not remember the direction for that. Uh, so, I'm no, not... Hisoka sh- had two points at that point, I think. Oh, so Gon has one. Okay, okay. Yeah, because that, they're definitely... The referee was very, very adamant to give mm-hmm. anything to Hisoka. <laughs> yeah. He like um, just, so, just like breathes air. One point to Hisoka. <laughs> yeah. Let's be so honest. <laughs> basically, the announcer woman uh, is kind of just like, well, why the hell is there a point here? But because like Hisoka looks totally unbothered by the hit, but a very beautiful man who uh, is actually Baki Kiel Dogra, uh, aka Prince Baka, the main character of Level E, comes in and tells her that it's a, it's all good, sis. Uh, referees can give points at their discretion, and this time the ref probably wanted to give points for Gon's clever thinking with the stone tile. Who did the notes this time? That's that's me. Yep, makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love him. You could just tell it was very much not my voice. Yeah. Uh, sis. Sis. <laughs> so uh, Gon gives Hisoka back his number plate from the hunter exam, which confuses everyone because if you weren't in on that, you'd be like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, imagine two dudes boxing and then one guy takes out like a number plaque from his fucking glove. It's like, what's up? It's like, why are they, why are they exchanging coasters in the middle of the fight? <laughs> imagine how sense. many fight dropped his coasters. coasters. <laughs> I was God just thinking how many fight blogs would be coming up. Like, did you see what he did? What do you think it means? Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But uh, Hisoka asks Gon about how much he knows about his nan. Uh, Gon says he knows the basics, and Hisoka figures out that Gon's an enhancer based on his personality. Basically, he cre- Hisoka, being a weirdo, created an MBTI style slash blood type phrenology slash zodiac sign, but with nen. He <laughs> describes uh, people who are enhancers as simple and determined, transmuters as whimsical liars, keep in mind Hisoka's a transmuter, emitters as short-tempered, specialists as independent, conjurers as high-strung and nervous, and manipulators as argumentative. So he became basic white girl doing zodiac signs? I guess, except he's more like, he's, no, he's not basic white girl. He's actually ancient Greek man, just inventing zodiac signs. Ancient Greek white girl? (laughs) Oh my God, that needs to be. If you had to personality type your type of zen, what would you be? Oh, oh, we should do each other's. Um, I actually think we should do this at, after we talk about the Nen diagram, because like, I, I thought about it and I'm like, it'd probably be a lot better once we have the Nen diagram. I'd be Raven yeah. home. Oh, you're Ravenclaw? Yeah, I'm Raven. No, I'm Raven home. Yeah, I was like, is that a fucking Half Life reference? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in the Raven home house. I don't. No one go goes there anymore. Home. Yeah. God damn it! Anyway, <laughs> like two audience so members got head. that joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hisoka says he and Gon are compatible since opposites attract. Apparently, remember Kilua is also a transmuter. Bum bum bum. Uh, could be great friends, but Gon better watch out since transmuters are fickle as fuck and friends can become trash. So Gon better not disappoint. Hisoka's a true Gemini. God damn it, Sarah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, wait, Hisoka, Hisoka's birthday, he's, uh, April 4th. He's not a Gemini. What is he? Well, I thought he was. Well, he's I was Aries. It up. He thought he was, a. Uh, let me look. Oh, maybe, maybe 
Kurapika is April 4th. I forget. Hisoka could be... Yeah, because April 4th is Aries because... June 6th. Oh, he's oh he's six six because he's oh, like he's six Leo. six six. Leo. Oh, nice. You know that yeah. the zodiac shifted though, because the at uh, <laughs> they finally acknowledged that last one that I can't pronounce. Wait, so, um, Ophiuchus. Yes. Yeah, so there's a new one. Were all shifted. Um, the zodiac before. So let's say if you're a Scorpio, you're now a Libra. Oh Wait, my, okay. okay. Why are we no, doing no. this? <laughs> no, yeah, my life has been a lie. I thought I was Cancer. Now I'm Leo. Okay. I'm just Wait. saying that's just how astrology is acknowledging everything now. So. Okay. So there's we... 13? R- real quick. So there's 13, and that's based on the Babylonian zodiac, which predates the Greek zodiac. The problem is, if we're going to do this, we all just have to start getting into Babylonian shit. And then, like, fraternities are going to have to start changing their, like, call numbers to, like, their call things to fucking Babylonian. Did they, they use cuneiform? So I have fun ever reading that to anyone. Oh, cuneiform? Like, oh, yeah, right. The symbol thing? The yeah. Bobber? Great, great. It's like, great. oh, uh, I incised a bunch of clay over the top of our house, brothers. Hey, <laughs> I, I, Joe, I finally, have a, I finally have a solution to that. I know how we could solve this. Not care about. Zodiac. Exactly. Exactly. You read my mind, Joe. Yeah, no, guys, we're, we're just on that vibe. Long. You know, we're both the same zodiac sign or something. I don't know. We're, we're both. We're both. No, we Raven, just need to get our blood Raven tested Holmes. and then also like do water divination. Yeah, <laughs> we're just both Raven homes. I think we should yeah. all. Do- I don't understand this Raven home thing. What is it? It's uh, it's a combination of a Harry Potter reference and a reference to Half Life Two. Um, and, and there's this game called Half Life, and this there's this Raven home thing that that's full of zombies and undead creatures. It used to be thriving, but then it got attacked by the overlords in that game and it killed everybody in terms of it, horrible and so there was people. a hardcore nerd meme for a while where it was like no one goes there anymore with regards to raven home anyways hisoka attacks landing some pretty brutal hits that gon tries to dodge and block gon uses gyo and sees hisoka's bungee gum attached to his cheek which hisoka uses to pull gon towards him and delivers a knockdown punch to gon the referee gives Hisoka a critical hit and a knockdown, making the score six to two. Hisoka, I forget, are knockdowns two points or are knockdowns like three points? I, th- I think they've got to be is... three because it was two one. I, fuck it, I don't know. I don't even know. I feel like we're not seeing all of the referees' marks, <laughs> right? Yeah. I I kind of was watching the episodes and then I missed it, and I had to look for references. To double check, so this may not be entirely accurate. I think the point to take away is that Hisoka's in the lead, while Gon is able to get some points in. That's a good point. He's also actually going by the uh, Mario Party style of judging, which is just like, oh, you get the bonus star. You stepped on red squares a bunch of times. Fuck you. (laughs) He got got the happening star and just friggin' stole... He landed on the square and got, like, the star. Yeah, fuck all of this. Anyways, Hisoka offers Gon a free hit if he can guess when Hisoka attached bungee gum to his cheek, providing three choices. When Hisoka elbowed Gon in the face, when Hisoka, oh, that was number one, number two, when Hisoka landed the clean hit, or number three, when Hisoka landed the critical hit with both hands. So guys, before you found out the answer, which did you think it was? I thought, I it, was, thought, I thought it was when he did something else. Wow. Well, Damn, I, Patrick, you're cool. I... <laughs> I thought it was the, I thought it was the, uh, what did I think it was? I'm pretty sure I thought it was when he elbowed Gon in the face, because I'm like, why would he use his elbow? (laughs) That sounds like the right answer. Yeah, I was thinking number one, just because it, why not immediately do it when you're in contact with that area? Also, hitting someone with your elbow, that's just brutal. 
Yeah. Jeez. Oh, guys, elbow strikes and knee strikes are literally so much worse. Oh, yeah, they are. Absolutely. Like, if you think about it anyway, like, there's, like, your bone on your elbow is, like, pointed perfectly (laughs) for hitting things. And usually that's the part that's not clubbed or padded at all. So, like, it hurts. <laughs> so I thought it was when Hisoka landed the clean hit, because I was kind of going with the Yuhakusho rule that it was easier to channel stuff through your hands than it was, hands and feet, than it is through other parts of your body. Makes sense, makes sense. But, uh, Gon chooses three, but... Psych! That's the wrong number! Uh, Hisoka's not a rapper, but he is a tricky bastard who managed to attach the bungee gum during his personality analysis of Gon. I honestly loved this part, because... One, it was kind of fun, and it kind of broke up the action in, like, an interesting way. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, yeah. oh, here's another element out of nowhere, or seemingly. Um, yeah. But it tied back to something he was doing. And it's cool because when you see that scene, and it kind of shows, like, a flashback of, like, the exact moment, you think, like, Hisoka's just pointing at Gon, and it just seems like the typical villain, I'm mocking you, and mm-hmm. I'm pointing at you, I'm being very rude, but he's also actually doing something, like, strategic and effective at the same time. So I thought yeah, that Gon's was Yeah, cool. Gon's legit the dumb in this one. <laughs> oh, God. I think it's easy to be, like, overwhelmed, just because, like, this is such, like, a high level of competition, like, he's not, he can't possibly know what really he should be like looking for like a more experienced person would but like it's hard in your first time to be there yeah Yeah. and they do this i don't want to spoil anything in the future but like this type of like looking out for things that may occur with nen is something that will happen again (laughs) yeah so like Um, it makes sense they do this now versus at any point in other time yeah Megan, I'd also say it's interesting because I'm thinking about it because, you know, Hisoka likes to fucking talk. Mm-hmm. I'm now thinking there's another character who shows up later who is completely silent during most of his fights while he's just, I don't know, stabbing pencils into the back of people's skulls. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all yes. have that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. A guy just silently stabbing people. <laughs> there's a lot of, lot of assassin kills um, to look forward to, to be honest. Yep. So, uh, Gon thinks about how he regrets not using Gyo from the start, duh, which Hisoka knows and, uh, gloats about it out loud. Also, he reveals that he attached more bungee gum with all the other hits. He's just like, hey dog, uh, actually all of them might have been the answer, fuck you. Oh god. <laughs> it's just not the particular one I asked you about, I could have just done it at any point in time. It's like the answer was all the above. Yeah. Yep. But the thing is, like, even if Gon realized that first one, right, he had Gyo on, and he's like, oh, I, I can avoid this. There is no way at Gon's current level that he could block and produce Gon in his eyes. Or Gon, Gyo, Gyo in, in his, his eyes. eyes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. The yeah. He just would not be able to do it, like, because mm-hmm. it requires more control than he currently has. Mm-hmm. What do you be? Do you think he would be able to avoid those hits in the first place anyway? Like, if he was using his Gyo and could see it, would he actually yeah, be he's... able fast enough to... He's not at that point yet. He's not at that point yet. He would probably be seriously injured because, like, he still got hit, you know? And he was just looking out for the hit. So, like, if he had any gyo in his eyes, he'd probably, like, break his arm or break his, like, face. Yeah, not not to mention, even if he could see it, I mean, there's not much he could do once it's attached because I think Hisoku can, like, unstick it at any time. 
Yeah. So while he knew it's there, he could have been distracting, just let it loose and hit him when he's not expecting it, even though he yeah. knows it's there. Megan, it just occurred to me, I don't think it's been clarified yet that focusing ran into a different part of your body decreases how much it is in other parts of the body, but surprise, guys, that's a thing. Okay, sorry, guys. No, I mean, it's not that big of a spoiler. It's not really even relevant until later when they literally tell you about it. I thought that was implied with with when he put the the gyo in his eyes and he focused it hard. I think it's implied that you can focus it, but it doesn't... Like, you made the logical deduction, like, you are correct, you made the logical deduction that therefore would decrease the supply in the rest of your body, but it has not been stated to this point. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, realizing that there's no escaping from Hisoka's bungee gum, Gon just goes for it, attacking Hisoka head-on, gets a bunch of punches in, since Hisoka is busy juicing in his clown pants <laughs> over Gon's new strength and potential... Um, before I read the comment that Sarah left here, I'm going to do an impression of, uh, actually, Hisoka goes, Gone! Gone! Also, Sarah just said the line that she has as a comment, the, uh, why? Sarah and I want to hear your, your best Gone quote from Hisoka. Wait, you want to hear whose? Sarah and Hannah's. I need your Hisoka impression, please. <laughs> oh, I don't think I can. I just feel dirty. <laughs> okay, if you guys are unwilling to, then I'm going to put it out to the listeners. Guys, if you could send in the best clip of you doing that impression, yes. we, I will send you a signed piece of toilet paper, the one that we promised months mm-hmm. ago months, during months when ago. the pandemic first started yes. uh, to you. I still have extra for, toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, for whoever has the best one. And you can get the, and this is the, your only chance to get the full game to sign it because you can literally drop it off, sign it, and leave. Oh yeah, we could all. You do know though, guys. I live on the opposite side of the county state. Hey, so. listen. <laughs> sacrifices need to be made for toilet paper autograph. Yeah, toilet toilet graph. <laughs> that's anyway. my favorite, that's my favorite. My second favorite form of communication is the is the is the toilet graph. Uh, you just do Morse code, but with flushes. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, this is a terrible waste of water. Uh, Hisoka snaps out of it and punches Gon, pulls Gon by the bungee gum to punch him again, but Gon blocks it. Referee gives them both critical hit points, um, but only Hisoka gets a knockdown point, uh, which Gon and the crowd call out as BS. The score is now 9-4 in favor of Hisoka. So, speaking of bungee gum, anytime my brother or me says the word bungee gum, my brother always says bungee gum. Um, the with both the properties of rubber and gum every time. <laughs> and I find it funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Hisoka tricks Gon into looking to his right as a huge stone hits Gon from the other side, resulting in a knockdown point for Hisoka and him winning the match. Um, yeah, this, this was great. I just, I just love how his lie is quote unquote conceivable, but you know he was just being a dick. It's just like, oh, uh, it's coming from the right. Watch out. Oh, oh I'm at my right. He sounds like uh, a fucking such a dick move, <laughs> dude. Okay, the voice I just did made me think like Patrick. Was that a fucking Moon Knight line? It practically feels like one. Pretty much, but you know, all is all is a uh, all is uh, fair in war, as they yep. say. So leaving the arena, Hisoka tells Gon that he's more powerful but needs more experience. Next time they will fight. Uh, the fight will be in the real world where there'll be no rules and the lives will be on the line. Gon <laughs> vows to train harder to fight and beat Hisoka. Yeah, Hisoka was like, go home and be a family man. God damn it. <laughs> I, do, I do like 
Ah, man, there's so much weird shit here. Because, like, I guess this is more comparable to the first fight with Toguro. But the difference there being that he had to fake, you know, losing. While this is kind of like, what if they could have iterated the Toguro fight? Because, um, as we talked about, the, the goals of the two is very different. And the ways mm-hmm. of getting the power out of them is very different. Because Toguro realized he just had to get, you know, Yusuke up to a certain level and break him mentally to the point where he'd, like, lash out in anger. While Hisoka realizes he needs someone who's, like, strategizing to fight him. Mm-hmm. So they need to just have more experience, which we talked on the last episode about the distinction between tactics and strategy and how Gon is a great tactician but a bad strategist. And so part of the power gap between the two of them is, like, working on that. And that's something that can only come with experience. So, uh, after the fight, the referee explains his decision during the fight. He gave Hisoka more points so the fight would be end quickly and Gon wouldn't die. So, pretty humanitarian goals there. To be, uh, Gon... to be honest, though, I don't blame that ref. As far as, like... No, he's right. Bags on he's fucking ref, right. No. It's Every... a child. Yeah, it's a child who obviously is not matched for Hisoka yet, just yet. And, like, he's holding his own and not dying immediately, but still. Someone should have thrown a chair or something into the arena. I don't know why they didn't do that. <sighs> Is that a Boondocks reference? <laughs> no, just a wrestling reference. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Gon and Kilua say goodbye to Wing and Zushi and farewell to Heaven's Arena. They're off to Whale Island to visit Aunt Mito. Um, this is actually a cute moment, cause, like, I think they say it in all of the versions. They, like, literally say the phrase, like, they say bye-bye in English, like, tenku tokijo, or I, I think that's the word for it, and, like, it's just cute hearing it in every version. Bye-bye. I, I like how they're bye literally bye. just, like, that, that image of the guy doing the peace sign and then disappearing. <laughs> yes, goddammit. Oh, you mean, uh, yeah, with Jing and fatherhood? Yep. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's relevant a lot, a lot in the show, that gif. Oh, yep. guys, here, do you want to hear something real quick? I saw this on a meme. All right. What's uh, classy if a rich person does it, but trashy if a poor person does it? I've I've seen a couple of responses to this. I'm not gonna guess because I could fuck it up. Do you guys have any guesses? Going to Walmart. Not wear a mask. <laughs> it's the answer I heard was raise not raising your own kid. Oh, oh no! I saw another one that was speaking two languages. <laughs> oh hey. oh. <laughs> That's so sad. Um, Speaking of my last note on uh, 2011 is they mentioned that Hisoka, they they explicitly say over the intercom, Hisoka can now challenge a floor master. And like, it's just like, oh, I wonder if that will ever come back. Does it? Does it? Wait till you get to the manga. Oh, it's in the manga. It's it's past the anime's ending. Oh, shit. It will also surprise you to find out someone's a floor master. (laughs) I'm very confused. It's it's Zushi. He's the floor master. (laughs) lol okay patrick if you want to tell us a little bit little bit about the uh, manga selections that you have here all right so the first one is this uh uh lovingly made the uh, personality analysis called hiso hiso's aura based personality analysis which this is I... really cute because i feel like he wrote it himself did that is that the vibe you got pat yeah uh it seems like they're trying to give a pet name to a psychopath i'm not sure how i feel about that though yeah, he might call Hiso. himself that. Yeah, Mr. Hiso Hiso. <laughs> it's me, Hiso Hiso. <laughs> Hello, children. Yeah, so basically his, the, the analysis is enhancer, simple and determined. Manipulator, logical, does things at his own pace. Transmuter, whism, whimsical and a liar. Emitter, impatient and not detail-oriented. 
specialist, independent and charismatic, and then conjurer, high-strung. And it says in the bottom, tra traits arbitrarily decided by Hisoka. And there's this uh, little baby praying to a cross on the bottom. That is um, really, really weird. Random. I never noticed that before. Random, and I don't know what, they're like babies with mohawks. But um, you know, honestly, I know it's arbitrary, but for the most part, um, Togashi really kind of does does assign these kind of traits to these kinds of um, uh, people who have these abilities. Um, I think, for the most part. I know there's some that are kind of off, but like, mm -hmm. at least characters born and bred right now have these abilities tied to these. Um, they bring it up too in um, in the York New City arc as well. Yeah. Um, I think this is mostly accurate. There's yeah. some... There's like some flex on it, especially because mm -hmm. some characters are like kind of caught between types, but mm -hmm. they have one dominant one, but then like it's clear they also have secondary abilities. Yeah. I think it makes it makes sense. Like, yeah, he's not gonna made this up, but I feel like that's all a, a common logic within fiction or even in real life. Like people will tend to use tools that kind of reflect how they work. And how they work is based off their personality. Mm -hmm. So, like powers, for example, Avatar, <laughs> the Last Airbender. Ever, like their per with the element they bend kind of shows a reflection of their per personality. Like Aang is lighthearted, carefree. He's air, and Hoth is centered, serious, and pragmatic. She's Earth, yeah, stubborn. And then Zuko's hot headed. And emotional at times, so he's fire, and then Katara's can be nurturing, but also um, powerful, so she is water. What about our boy Sokka? Sokka is... He's just a best boomerang he, bender? He, yeah, he, he's a boomerang bender. He also became a sword bender. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, he bends a sword. Um, Did I, you say I cabbage think... bender as well? God damn it. I say with... um. Avatar, it might actually be the other way around, where uh, the formations of the different cultures had to do with what resources they had, right. and that changed the way the cultures were, and then, like, so while each individual person has their own preferences and personality, and, like, you know, national culture is not as important as who you are individually, like, each person's mm -hmm. bringing their customs to bear. Yeah. I mean, for example, Korra is a good example of, like, a born waterbender who has the personality of a firebender and earthbender, which is the reason why when she learned airbending, it was the hardest one for her to learn because it was the opposite of her personality. Mm. I, that makes sense. And I think there's also with like tropes in like other media, like who's going to be the swordsman versus who's going to be the bow and arrow wielder. Like, mm -hmm. it, it usually is, like, the swordsman's going to be someone who's more, like, heroic and courageous straightforward. The arrow user's more strategic, maybe works more in, like, the background. And maybe that's what authors tend to use when they create characters, is, like, having personality and also having their weapons reflected, too. Yeah, I think one thing we'll get into... Um as we get further into this is wing brought up the idea of creating your Hatsu based on who you are, not only in terms of personality, but in terms of your own experience with various things. And I think that's, um, while you're right, I think that's reflected generally. I think Hunter Hunter goes out of its way to make powers inherently tied with who a person is in a really cool way. Mm. 
sometimes tragic ways, but you'll see. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it does come up actually again. So that's the thing I like about Hunter. It doesn't just drop it. You know, yeah. you learn about it once and you're like, okay, great. That never comes up. Um, even if it's not directly stated, it, it does, mm-hmm. I believe. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I'll move, moving on with the, the rest of the manga notes. I really like this one panel with, uh, like, sorry, like you, is a strong like word. It? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's great. I like this a lot. It's terrifying though. Yeah. <laughs> very ironically like it. It's kind of a, we were basically, Hizoka's like, yes, I love it. That's the spirit. You have so much initiative. Ah, those eyes. Well, there's a picture of him holding a bungee gum over Gon that's like right aiming at his crotch face. area. Yeah. Like his so face like, is in front of his crotch. Man, it's perspective. the composition, the perspective. Yeah. It's on purpose. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's for sure. But like, okay, if you if you can't see it, we don't post this particular image online. Um, it's from the perspective of underneath and behind Gon. I guess I don't yeah. really it'd know. Be exaggerated though. Yeah, okay. yeah. Here, okay, Gone here's be the, even that short. Here's the scene. You see the back of Gon, and he's staring up at Hisoka, and Gon is Gon's head matches the lower area of Hisoka. Hisoka's looking down on him and is saying things like, "I love it. That's the spirit. He has so much initiative." And then Creepy. the worst one, those eyes. <laughs> those eyes. In the in the anime, I know, like they, he really he gets creepy, but like he's like looking straight at him. <laughs> yeah, and we don't get this perspective shot. Oh, Togashi. <laughs> Can I have the same vibe of that thing that you posted, Joe, with Hie? <laughs> yeah, let's not elaborate. Anyways. <laughs> All right, going on, there's another really well, well-drawn well picture of Hisoka. That, like, like I said before, it gives him a very Asian-esque uh, design. At least looking from this angle. It looks very detailed and goes back to what we talked about before with Togashi's obsession with villain detail. Oh my god, the contrast. Yeah. <laughs> That's the issue. Like, it's in the same panel. Like, even the dirt, I feel like, on Gon's beautiful little childlike face and, like, the the scratches on Hisoka are so varied, it's weird. <laughs> like, it's yeah, the scratches on Hisoka are, like, perfect contrast. Like, they yeah. match, like, the shape of his face. And then Gon's are like, I don't know, I, I drew some hatches, fuck it. Yeah, it's like a chicken <laughs> stepped on his face or something and, like, yeah. left marks, like... <laughs> Not that I could draw any, but but still, like if you see this, you'll be like, "Huh, that's weird." <laughs> like, yeah, just be like, yeah. "Gong gets attacked by chicken." Yeah, like yeah, the only thing that's remotely similar is like the shape of their eyebrows, which are so pointy. <laughs> those are like definitely some ninety brows right yes, there. Yes. <laughs> they can cut some steaks with those eyebrows. Shit. <laughs> but uh, in terms of more differences, uh. The bungee gum seems more visible than it does in the anime. I don't know. There's a little bit easier for me to tr- keep track of at least, but it could also do with the 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 actual panels as well and being still. He uses uh, heavy lines. Yeah. Uh, analogy to Tower of Cards being torn down, comparing tearing gone down, which I kind of thought was kind of cool. I don't know if they had that in the in the anime though. I can't remember. Uh, it shows up briefly, but they don't actually make the analogy. Like I think it's really cool here and in '99 because. The analogy isn't just like, oh, he's tearing down the cards, because he's previously been shown making towers repeatedly. So it's the idea that, like, Hisoka builds people up all the time to tear them down as viciously as possible. Fair enough. Uh, one thing that uh, that actually missing is a lot of the cameos. So 
with the mystery audience member who was Tugashi in 99 with his dog avatar, and then Baka OG in 2011 as the guest commentator. But I get, like, I think we were saying before, just like a, just like a cool reference to both of those properties. Yeah, in the manga, he's not someone who's identifiable. He vaguely looks like a character from level E, but it's not the main character. And like, so people, he's never given an official answer about who the guy is here. In 99, it's just him. And in 2011, it's Baka OG. No one knows who it is here. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah, and the uh, stone tile definitely kills people in the stands, a la Dark Tournament, so let's uh, get that shirts. I survived the Heaven's Arena fight. Gone oh, yeah, that was, that was definitely another parallel. Like, they murdered tons of people, just bystanders, and then said nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get some shirts made. It'll be cool. Uh, ref scored them according to some criteria as each other, but lower the standards for all hits. It's kind of weird. And then they already said goodbye to Wing and Zushi, so they don't do so again later on. Oh. Before the final match? Yeah, it's a weird difference. Hmm. Yeah, they're just like, peace, guys. See you later. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I probably would do the same thing. But anyways, uh, Joe, would you like to go to talk about the 99 notes? Yeah, so some of these are a product of just the weird reordering. Like, for instance, Machi is in attendance uh, and shows up after the punch going lands on Hisoka versus her being at the Castro fight because I, I, I don't know why they fucking did that. It just, they just did. Uh, Tagashi shows up as the anthropomorphic dog version um, that he does his self-portraits in. And so, like, when he draws him and Naoko Takauchi, often he draws himself as, like, a cute cartoon dog um, and her as a rabbit. And uh, the Takashi character here says that Hisoka's experience with bungee gum was traumatic as a child because Hisoka grew up poor and would chew the gum day for days on end and wear out the flavor. And, like, basically, while he loved the gum, he would just always have it flavorless because, like, he didn't have enough money. Wait, bungee gum made out of himself? No, no, no. So bungee gum, remember, is based on gum that he, like, it was the name of a type of gum he liked as a kid. Oh, okay. That so the real sense. bungee gum would be flavorless by the time he was done with it, and he would just chew it for days on end because, like, he didn't have any money for anything else. Is this oh, canon to the manga, or that one's canon? In, oh, no, that one's not canon to the manga. That one's just ninety nine. So that's just, that's just some shit he made up. Oh. There is, is a lot. That is a lot less. That is less messed up than I initially thought. Because I thought oh, he yeah. would just chew his own arm because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have that's money. That's fucking weird. <laughs> that's, um, what, that's what bungee gum was his arm r real quick um there is a non-canon origin of hisoka manga that togashi endorses but says is explicitly incorrect so we'll read that eventually um it's not by togashi it's by the guy who made tokyo ghoul who's a big fan of togashi oh. so we'll eventually get to that i don't know anything about it i just know so that is he Hisoka's saying... really into magic so he's saying he likes it but like that's not real like yeah, and I okay. wouldn't be surprised if he went with the whole, like, oh, yeah, chewing gum for days on end. Because I think I've read a couple panels of it, and it's about this weird kid who may or may not be Hisoka. It's not even clear. Mm. Um, so the initial attack of hitting Gon and then catching up to his flying body is preserved here. So in the manga, basically, Hisoka punches him and then runs to where he's going to land and then hits him again, a la Yusuke versus... Uh, like, demon-possessed Yusuke versus Sensui, but that's not in the 2011 version. Even though the 99 version, I think, is more true to the way that the manga version is, I earnestly think the 2011 version is one of my favorite anime fights of all time. 
while the manga version and the 99 version are like okay mm-hmm. um so hisoka kicks the tile into the high like kicks the tile into the stands like towards like a entrance that people are coming into and barely misses the aware but nonchalant machi who's just sitting there and like just lets it fly past her and doesn't give a shit and i think that's kind of cool that they like show off machi is like this badass early um, so Wing says that the person who captured the footage of Castro's fight must have been a manipulator in order to have captured the aura on tape. This is not canonical to the manga. This is just something they added to explain why you could see Nen on tape. Um, so in this version, it shows the Gyo training as a mid-fight flashback and uh, resumes uh, resumes with Hisoka using bungee gum on Gon's chin and Gon seeing it with Gyo. So, like, they didn't even do the fucking Gyo training thing. It's just in the middle of the the fight for some reason. Um, so they add a scene of Gon trying to disconnect the gum by running side to side, and the announcer doesn't see what's going on because they can't see Nen. So she thinks that this is some sort of strategy as well as when he gets pulled uh, towards Hisoka, he's like, wow, what a crazy jump by Gon. <laughs> um... I do think it's interesting that 99 actually does officially take into account like that normal people can't see it, but the manga doesn't, which is really weird because there are various points where spectators discuss the idea of powers, but it's just like, what do you mean powers? You can't see Nen. What are you talking about? So I'm not sure what's going on there. So uh, Gon's rush on Hisoka is very different here than the manga 2011. Gon acknowledges he's afraid, like, basically, while he's punching the shit out of Hisoka, he's like, I'm afraid. And then it cuts to Hisoka being like, ooh, yeah. Um, So it's just a weird contrast. You're a little too on the nose with that uh, Hisoka impression. It's freaking me out a little. (laughs) Lol. I'll just, we'll just cut that in repeatedly throughout the show. (laughs) Please. In the background? Yeah. Uh, So... Gon specifically contests Hisoka getting a critical hit as he got back right, he got right back up, which that's not something he does in like the 2011 version. He's not someone to protest on his own behalf. Uh, but here, Hisoka's shower scene is here. He then talks with Machi and then does Kabe Don and speaks about Krolo, the leader of the Phantom Troop with her. Uh, Wing says he has nothing left to teach the two kids and that they should work to make their own style. And uh, they all do, like, a four-person oh together. That's, like, a really cute, iconic scene from 99 to the point where, like, when I posted it to our Facebook, a ton of people who watched it growing up, like, in Latin America all like that because that was, like, a big moment for the show at that time. And so uh, as they're leaving, they pass four different women dressed in Heaven's Arena stuff who all give shit to Kiloa because Kiloa was a jerk to each of them individually. <laughs> Wait, what? Was there a separate arc where, like, girls were hitting on Kiloa, or, like... No, so in the 99 version... So, in the manga, they show elevator operators and, like, other things who are women, but in the 99 version, they have him interact with them, and he's just a dick. Oh, okay. Wait, what kind of stuff do they give him? Uh, like, basically... No, 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 they give him shit, like, they're all just yelling at him as he's leaving, and some of them beat the shit out of him. Oh, okay. Because, like, it's kind of implied low-key that they're, like, Nen users. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so, like, basically, I think Kilua repeatedly called one of them, like, a baba, you know, like, a hag. And then, she, like, later <laughs> so she just rude. beats the shit out of him as they're leaving Heaven's Arena. <laughs> it's non-canonical, but it's cute. So, yeah, um, I guess do you guys want to just kind of talk about this overall or go into sort of like the discussion of like Nen first? Like the the six different types. 
I really, I guess to close things out, I really did like uh, the fight overall. So these past few episodes is exciting. Um, and I feel like it really, all the episodes were beforehand, which I personally like wasn't the hugest fan of. Like I felt like now I understood why there's so much attention put into Nen and being able to see it in action like that. I feel like. It made this arc, like, it made me like this arc. <laughs> Beforehand, I was like, it was almost pulling teeth at some point, but I feel like it made this arc worth it for these last two episodes. Yeah, I'm glad to hear. Yeah, we forgot to talk about that swing thing, though. Yeah, the swing thing is the one thing I'm like, oh my god, why? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It makes I just, it... I what do you think about the Gone and, Gone and Killua doing it though? Oh, did everyone watch the uh, Gone and Killua's Hunterpedia? Because that's where that shows up. No, what what happens? Quick summary on that Hunterpedia. Basically, they explain Hazoka a little bit, and then they do the sh- Killua and Gone do the swing thing in each other's direction. <laughs> so it's just basically them like getting real close to touching tips. I oh, is swing. God. Is the, do they make that noise in Japanese, or are we associating swing with, like, Wayne's World? It's the same yeah. thing. I, I feel... The same thing. I'm not... I didn't... I don't... Did they say swing in Japanese, or... I mean, I think it's the same motion regardless. Right. Okay, that's fair. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if they said swing, but it probably is a similar mo- thing. We look it up. I can look it up real quick. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Um, I personally really liked... I like how all these concepts will come back eventually, like... Because I can see the future. Um, and <laughs> oh, you're a specialist. Tell- I'm a specialist. Yeah, I'm a fortune teller, um, which will also come back in the future. God but, damn it. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I do agree with, um, I do agree with you guys. It, it, it kind of gets slow in the middle and then it gets super heavy and super confusing. Um, and I've seen the show like four or five times, like these, this, uh, Heaven's Ark. I've definitely seen it more than once. Um, and like the explanation of Nen is still kind of confusing. Um, it helps when you have visual aids. Um, but, um, it's interesting because their growth is, feels like it's sped up compared to, comparatively to, um, um, the Hunter exam. Like they definitely grew in the Hunter exam, which I, I know, mm-hmm. Joe, you're not a huge fan of it, uh, the Hunter exam, but I, I um, like it. I just don't yeah. love it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but I think the growth was, I think just more exponential here. Like you can see like, okay, from when they first entered the arena to when they left the arena, like there is an immense amount of growth in like a short amount of time. Um, and that's mostly due to like learning this new skill, which is Nen, um, when they finally get to do learn it. But yeah. Yeah. So I looked up that, that's the, the swing thing in Japanese. It's, it's more like a so sound. Oh. <laughs> Probably means the same thing if they chose swing specifically. We should really do an episode where we talk about Japanese onomatopoeia and like how they're often translated in the West because I know it's a very inconsistent topic. Like very often people translate them differently and then the meanings of the different onomatopoeias in the West like Mm -hmm. color how people perceive the original. Yeah. Yeah, but I I put the link in the chat. It'll go straight to that part in the video on the podcast chat if you want to take a look at it. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Cool, cool. 
Um, yeah, I, I love this arc. Uh, I'm very much here for like nitty gritty power systems and stuff like that. Um, I think it's because I I just like that level of the way people think about battle and the like. But I can see how it is like an incredibly abrupt introduction. Um, I think when they go into further depth with Nen stuff later, it will be easier to follow simply because you have this base work and everything's built on top of it. And it's not like just like ass pull stuff. It's more like, oh, ratios and, and the like. So while there will be math involved, it's not terrible. Get hyped for math. Woo, math. Woo. As long as it's not calculus, I'm Okay, <laughs> high key, uh, way down the line, there will be very difficult math. Oh, uh, fuck, yeah. You know okay. the, the, um, the expo- uh, what is it called, taxes? Okay, Do to be know? fair, the difficult math that shows up is a guy discussing home loans. Anyways. Home loans, <laughs> it really is. It makes no sense now. Remember, we told you there will be the, personal part, finance though, involved. Uh, where somebody calls Gon's uh, hunter phone and they ask uh, about his car's extended warranty. God damn it. <laughs> no, but like legitimately, there's a guy whose power is based on like home loans. Have fun. <laughs> and math. Yikes. Um, other than that particular math set, which he explains for some reason in depth, and we're all like, what the fuck? Yeah, in the manga, it works a lot better because you like see the math and you're like, oh, okay, I can follow this. But in the anime, you're like, what the fuck? And then it just says it randomly, like, yeah. we're at this math equation, and we're like, why? Why? <laughs> it's like, oh, interest is compounded. Why would you do this? Why? What do you mean <laughs> compounding? What do you mean compounding? You compound the pain on your interest in fighting. Basically. You. Kinda, sorta. It, it'll kinda make sense. You might have to watch it a couple times if you're not reading the manga. Anyway, yeah. that is far, far down the line. That is two years from now in <laughs> so podcast speaking of- time. <laughs> Very weird types of Nen. Do you guys mind if I discuss uh, the six Nen types real quick? Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, you so, can't um, do it, Joe. Everyone who's listening, please pull up a Nen diagram. Uh, in our notes, I have the one from the manga, which I think is actually the cleanest version. But it has Enhancer at the top and just has the kanji, the first kanji for it. Uh, and then to the right, it has um, to the right it has Emitter. To the left, it has Transmuter. To the bottom left, it has Conjurer, and to the bottom right, it has Manipulator. And at the furthest from Enhancer, it's Specialist. So just keep that alignment in mind. Um, but each of these technically has a longer name, uh, many of which involve two characters that I'll discuss really quickly. There's the character Ka, which means to transform, like transform or conversion. And there's the character K, which means system, family, or department. If you put them together, technically it can mean chemical system, but, like, I doubt that's how any of these are used here. So I'm just telling you that ahead of time because some of these names will involve that. So uh, if a student increases the quantity of water during water divination, uh, then that student is an enhancer, a.k.a. Kyoka, and does enhancement Kyoka K. Uh, and it's the ability to use aura to increase the natural abilities of an object or one's own body. The abbreviated version of this is just Kyo. Which is oftentimes how uh, Kyo is used in... Like, when you hear the name or the word Kyo in things, it's often power, but it, it has some other meanings. But the word Kyo and its character actually is originally from Chinese, where it is... The right side of it is the picture for uh, the rice weevil, aka it's a type of bug. And the reason that's, like, the symbol of power is because that type of bug would destroy entire rice crops, like, in the ancient past. And so, like, oh, what's powerful? I don't know, a, a beetle that can destroy our entire civilization. So the word for the Guys. word for power in Chinese is inherently related to rice. Interesting. But also, have you ever had weevils? 
in your flour or rice grain. They're the most annoying ass pest. And like you don't know you have them until like you open your flour bag trying to make pasta and you're straining it out like and you see little bugs and you're like, what is that? Then you look in and there's more bugs. Then you look in your pantry and there's more bugs and you can't get rid of them. You just throw away everything or you freeze it, kill the bugs and eat the, you know, just deal with it. Oh my God. How powerful. Powerful. Power. Power. My pantry. protein power. (laughs) Protein. God, but yeah, the uh, name Kyokake literally translates to power conversion system. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, in Hisoka's personality note, they're simple and determined. So, uh, in water divination, if the student changes the taste of the water in the glass during the water divination, the student is a transmuter, Henka, an affinity for transmutation, Henkake, abbreviated as Hen, means a person who can change the properties of their aura to mimic something else or only specific attributes. Hen means to change or transform. In Japanese specifically, it can also mean strange, which, you know, that's one way you can look at Hisoka. Um, you guys know the word henshin? Isn't that, uh, I think that, isn't that the name of the main character from, uh, the PC Engine Henshin? Like Bonk? Oh, uh, no, that's Genjin. Genjin, sorry, I got those two mixed up. Yeah, that, that literally means, like, ancient person or caveman, cause it's a pun on the word gotcha. PC engine and PC caveman. Wow. Trivia. Um, so the like transmutation is actually transformation conversion system. Uh, and this is interesting. Cause at first I was like, Oh, why don't they use transformation as opposed to transmutation? And I looked up the difference in English between transformation and trans uh, mutation. Do you guys, do you guys have any idea what the difference is? Cause I didn't fucking know. Uh, transmutation chemically changes something, where transformation is just, like, something else? I don't actually know. That's closer than I had. Uh, transformation is generally superficial, like, moving something to a different place or, like, uh, changing it physically, while transmutation is changing it at, like, the deepest level, which is why transmutation is a better word for it than transformation. Hmm. Yeah, I did not know that, actually. So, uh, if the student changes the color of the water in the glass during the water divination, then the student is an emitter, aka hoshutsu, uh, an affinity for emission, hoshutsuke, uh, which is abbreviated as ho, uh, means that a user has an easier time separating their aura from their body. Ho means to release, set free, or fire, and it comes from a character for hand, uh, which means to do action or release. And the other character in it, shutsu, is to go out or leave or exit. The actual original symbol for shutsu was a foot in a cave, and the idea was that it is like walking out of a cave, so you are leaving or exiting. So if you put ho and shutsu together, it just means to release. So emitters could also be seen as releasers. Um, the 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 full phrase means firing out system. Uh, there's no word conversion here because it has the ho and shutsu. So in Hisoka's personality note, they are impatient and not detail oriented. I guess you could see this as someone who just likes firing bullets off and then not caring where they land, which is the characterization that I guess like did you guys watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Uh, uh Joe, you made the entire I vaguely um, remember it. You made I, all I the might have as a comic. Oh, that's cool. Oh, Megan, I forgot I did make a bunch of people watch that movie, yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all yeah. sat down. <laughs> There's a part where <laughs> There's a part where Sean Connery talking shit on Americans is like, you just fire everywhere and don't give a shit. Okay, Americans, officially emitters, we figured it out. <laughs> so, sorry? 
Yep, the longest, the longest train to get nowhere. So, if a student creates an object in the water in the glass during the water divination, then the student is a conjurer, aka Gugenka. In most cases, conjuration Gugenkake, abbreviated as Gu, is intended as the ability to create physical, independent material object out of one's aura. However, users of this category can also create laws and principles and affix them to a specific area. So, territory from Yu Hakusho is technically, I guess, conjuration. So, the characters, if broken down, gu means a tool or means or object. Uh, it actually originally comes from a shell and two hands. So, you basically, you were presenting someone a shell. So, that's how it became tool or object. Uh, gen means to present or manifest. So, again, the idea of presentation. So, it's actually bringing back to an ancient meaning. And so, if you were to put these together, the best English word to describe it is not one that I guess should be used, but the most accurate definition is realization. Do you guys ever, you know the phrase realization when it's not used for in terms of like, you get something, it's like, you make something real? Like something that's fully realized? That yes, exactly. Okay. So it's an older way of using the word realized. And so that's technically what Guggen means. The problem is that the, the newer definition of realization, the one that's now more common, kind of ruins that. So they had to change it to conjuration, which is like better in certain ways, but actually kind of obscures what it really is about. It's the idea of bringing objects into reality as opposed to conjure, conjuring in most like ideas of magic is about summoning something from somewhere else as opposed to bringing it into reality. So uh, another word you could use would be reification, but that's an even older word with like a lot of context with a lot, of, a lot of subtext that make it inaccurate now. So I respect their localization decision to make it conjuration, even though I think the others are technically more accurate if, like, talking formally, but, like, no one would fucking use them now. You get the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so if a student moves the leaf floating in the water in the glass during their water divination, that student is a manipulator, Sosa. Abilities belonging to manipulation, Sosake, uh, abbreviated as So. Allow the user to control living or non-living things, including aura constructs. The main advantage of this category in combat is the ability to manipulate the enemy themselves. So, uh, is Chinese for to conduct or to run. Uh, in Japanese, it can mean chastity or fidelity. So, really, this is, again, another instance where something related to Nen uses the Chinese definition instead of the Japanese definition. Or, technically, I guess Japanese has this definition, but when used in a very old sense. And sa means work or operation. So if you put them together, it actually means more like an operating rather than manipulating. Manipulating is the word used in English, and I think it actually kind of colors the term in a way that I don't like. Like, I think you could more accurately call this category operator class, because, like, it's just like, oh, you are changing how things work, while manipulate makes it seem like it's an evil thing inherently. And I think part of the reason is that the first manipulator you meet is Illumi. But keep in mind, Zushi is the manipulator. So if you take it that Zushi and Illumi are in the same category, I think operator works as a better term. He hasn't developed a Hatsu yet, so we don't know what he's going to do. Maybe maybe Zushi will become a total douchebag, but I don't see that. Maybe he's the villain in the last chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's the Dark Continent. Um, All of Zushi is the Dark Continent. That's it. Yep. We figured it out. So, uh, Hisoka's personality note, uh, 
Operators, I'm fucking, the thing I just invented. Anyways, manipulators are logical and does things at their own pace, which sounds about right. I mean, like, if you look at Illumi, he's very logical, except when he gets, like, incredibly angry. And, like, he's just kind of, like, walking, being a weirdo and not really rushing to anything. And Zushi is always trying to methodically go through his training as opposed to making leaps and bounds like Gon and Kilua. So, the final one, if a student causes some other effect during the water divination, any other effect, uh, some of which are really weird, like for instance, if the leaf spontaneously decays, that's one example, uh, then that student is a specialist, or special, uh, tokushitsu. Uh, specialization, tokushitsuke, abbreviated as toku, uh, could be broadly defined as anything that does not belong in any of the other five categories, making it the vaguest nen type. Accordingly, its effects are wide-ranging. Some influence Hatsu itself, for example, by appropriating others' Nen abilities or by altering affinities, while others allow the user to garner knowledge that would be unattainable through other means, such as about past or future events. Others have completely different effects. Consequently, specialists are not as much at a disadvantage as other users of other Nen types if their category is revealed. So other people, if it's revealed, you know, you have to you're kind of fucked because then they kind of get an idea of what you're trying to do. But with specialists, it's like, you could do anything. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. So, um, sorry. Sorry, I was going to go into that a little, just a little bit it. more. So, like, let's say you're in a boxing match. Maybe boxing's not a good example. Uh, and you're in a fight with somebody. You know if they're an enhancer that you should probably keep your distance. But if you're an emitter, you should be up close because they could emit something at you. Um. I think if that's a good example or not, I'm not sure, but yeah, that's pretty good. And then yeah. I guess like the specialist would be like, if you just found out like, Oh, uh, the person has a chainsaw that they brought to the arena with them that you didn't see, but it can only be used when they're walking through your shadow. And it's like, what? <laughs> yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Tokushitsu means special quality. Toku, uh, special or extraordinary. It's actually a weird symbol that's a compound of ox plus large bull. So I guess the idea is like, oh, it's the largest of large. Special. Uh, Shitsu means content or character. So special content system is effectively what it translates as. Um, you can, you guys know the, the phrase, uh, tokusatsu? Mm-mm. So that's like, how people describe, like, old sci-fi Japanese movies, like Godzilla and stuff, it literally means special effect. So the special there is used the same way. Um, and so according to Hisoko's personality note, they're independent and charismatic. So, now that you guys have had kind of a more in-depth exposure to the six Hatsu types, now what would you guys say you are? We're gonna fucking do Sorting Hat, you know, hmm. Harry Potter style. Not really sure. Well, how to think about this. Uh, Joe, do you know? For yourself? So, I might just be being an arrogant asshole or something, but uh, I think I'm somewhere between Conjurer and Manipulator, which what I guess would make me a specialist, but that's like basically being like, I'm the coolest one. Um, <laughs> the reason I say that is I'm pretty high-strung. Uh, so, Conjurers are supposed to be... Let, let, let me find Hiso Hiso's note. Conjurers are high strung. That's all he says. Okay, and then uh, <laughs> emitters are. Oh no, no, not emitters. Uh, manipulators are logical. Does things at their own pace. But I think I 
vacillate between the two of those. And when I was younger, I was described as charismatic. I don't think that's true anymore. So I guess maybe I'm a specialist. Okay. Gotcha. I think <laughs> How does that stack up with your guys' appraisal of me? Hmm. I would uh, say. I would say conjurer. I'm just hmm. joking. Uh, uh, let's see. I mean, nothing's like negative. It's not like we're like we hate you. You're a manipulator. <laughs> I am. But I think I think manipulator would would, no. would fit you. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Uh, I think I you're transferred because you're whimsical and a liar, aren't you, Joe? <laughs> no. Uh, fuck. Um, I I guess I can see specialist a little bit. I can see see that in you a bit. Uh, yeah, Pat, so that corner are? of the Nen diagram gets complicated because you're either a specialist or you're not. You can't, like, cross thing into specialist, which is why I was hesitant to assign it because even though conjurer and manipulator are technically only separated by one thing, that one thing is on or off, and for most people it's off. So the people at those ends are kind of the most screwed because they don't really get as good of subspecializations. I think, personally, I think I'm a transmuter. I'm whimsical. I'm really bad at lying, but, like, <laughs> I'm whimsical. Doesn't mean you don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I think my first thing, maybe, I would say either conjurer or enhancer as I've gotten older. <laughs> in my in so it, it in many ways i feel like i do appreciate things that are just straightforward um but then i also still have that habit of overthinking things and get really stressed out about nothing and nervous so okay. i i go between the two like two mo two two moods Basically, I, wait. I feel you. I think I went the opposite direction because when I was young, I was definitely an enhancer, and then I moved towards conjurer. I I li- no, just guys, I lied. I realized there's a better one that describes me: impatient and not detail oriented. Is like my <laughs> exact life. So I'm definitely an emitter. So just kidding. Erase everything. I'm for yeah. sure an emitter. <laughs> I think. I think for me, I'm definitely a conjurer. Ooh. Um. I guess, like, to me, because I feel like, I think the high strongness of it, <laughs> mainly, um, and I am very cautious with, especially when it's my work, and, um, like, I guess, um, I love to analyze things as I'm working, because, you know, it helps with, when you're an artist designer, you, like, you look at something and you interpret it, that's kind of like analyzing um, so to me, I'm a conjurer, maybe a little bit of an enhancer because there are times I am very like, um, like feeling oriented. So, yeah. And then Pat? Um, I'm probably between somewhere like a manipulator and a emitter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm logical. I just do things at my own pace and try to catch up. I'm kind of impatient with things and just not really detail oriented just keep hacking at it until it's good and then clean like like polished so while i'm while i'm a bit detail oriented it's like not at first i have to hack away at it until it's until i get there but yeah i can definitely be impatient with things especially with the uh, things that i build mostly because i'm worried i'll forget about it and throw it to the background mm-hmm. so 
I sort of have to do it now, 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 or else I don't get it done. Mm. But it's just me. Yeah. If we if we had more time, I'd be like, yeah, we should look at the main four you Hakusho dudes and see where they <laughs> fit, <see>. both personality-wise <laughs> and also, like, power-wise. Because like, the next episode. Yeah, we could do that another time. But, um, yeah, a good set of episodes. I, I really like this arc a lot because I am very much someone who's into nitty-gritty strategic planning of fights, etc. But I recognize that, like, it is pretty overwhelming at first. But thankfully, it serves as the groundwork for, like, all later explanations. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat at our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Heads up, we finally did it, and we started a Patreon. Woo! Check us out at our patreon.com slash Spirit Hunter Pod. Throw us some cash for hosting fees and equipment, and join our Patreon-only Discord um, our patron-only Discord, where we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, UU, and more. Speaking of Discord, if you want in but don't have the funds, you can help us in another way and give us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Send us the link, your Discord username, and enough evidence to connect them both to you, um, and we got you. Uh, each review gets us service to tens or hundreds more people. Also, yeah. heads up. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh. I just want to say real quick about the the Patreon stuff that, uh, yeah, we have different uh, goals and tiers, and you know we can if you give us more money. I mean, just like if we reach at least like ten dollars a month, I think or like fifty. No, as if we could reach at least fifteen dollars a month, that would help us out like covering the show's like cost. So if we at least get to that, I think that'd be like a big milestone for us. So that way we can basically ho- host the show for you guys and really not worry about the funds for that. So. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah you mean fifteen dollars like from everybody, right? Like yeah, like yeah, fifteen, 15 people give us one dollar each. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be great because uh, Pat, like just so people know, Pat's been kind of paying for hosting, and we pay him back every once in a while, and it's been a while since we've done that. But we'd yeah, like to kind of just make this like a zero cost <laughs> thing where we we don't really care about making it big or making or getting rich, but like just making it so that it's kind of just like a zero cost thing that we can just do with our time and provide you guys with a show would be great. Yeah, and and I mean, we could provide more things like, you know, video podcasts, extra casts or discussions. I and have, just, oh, hmm? sorry, I have secret footage of the time we, back in the Yu Yu show where we oh, got all really drunk together. I have visual footage of that. So if we make our goal, I'll release it to the world. We, oh so we have, we have a patron level where we can do a stream together and like we could watch a video so we could all do a rewatch of that. Dear <laughs> That was a nightmare, but yeah, th- I mean, that could great. be potentially could help us out a lot, guys. I, I hopefully we don't. I mean, we we just want the show to be great, and we could provide so much more to you guys. I mean, we even talked about a potential video podcast if we can get uh, get the goal high enough. So, yeah, if you can, just any 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 amount of money you guys could help us out with would be great. And if you don't have the money, that's fine. We'll still do the show and everything. And nothing yeah, will change. Nothing, but... we're, we're not removing anything and putting it in patron only. Basically, you doing that will just add stuff, including the Discord and the like. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Also, heads up, today's intro music was made by Studio Mega Ane. Check them out on YouTube, Twitter, and most importantly, iTunes. Awesome. See you guys on the other side. Later. Bye. Bye-bye, Heaven's Arena.